Hey everyone, it's Aaliyah Henry, and you're listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Expect to hear insightful interviews and panel discussions covering community, entrepreneurship, health, and women's empowerment. Don't miss out. Keep listening. The Aaliyah Henry Show is up next. Welcome to our Emerging Leaders segment. I'm excited to sit down with Thaisa Wilson, mom to five, wife, and an emerging leader that you need to know. We'll discuss how she manages the demands of her career, family, and her passion for philanthropy. Don't go anywhere. The Aaliyah Henry Show is up next. I am so excited to have you here, Thaisa. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is truly a pleasure. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to just our conversation, just chatting it up. Thank oh, you. I'm loving it. Loving it already. Just yes. loving your vibe. Thank it's been you. great. Same here. Look beautiful. So do you, always. <laughs> and just to be here and just to support um, your podcast, it's just, it really is um, a blessing to me. And so just thank you for the opportunity and the, and the platform. I appreciate you supporting me. No, I'm excited. I've watched you for a couple of years and watched your journey. And I really felt like, you know, everyone learns from listening to others and their stories. And so certainly as we are focused on this emerging leaders segments in our series, you know, of course I thought of you um, to talk today. So I'm just excited. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited that you're with us. Thank you. So I want to just kind of jump right in and talk to us a little bit about how your education and your professional work has really shaped and developed you as an emerging leader? Yeah, so um, I am a first-generation college student, a college graduate, not student anymore, I'm I'm, I'm graduated now. Um, But my educational journey, that experience, has literally been the living water, so to speak, and a solid, a rock-solid foundation for my growth and development as an emerging leader. Um, And if I can, I'll just talk a little bit about the journey because it's so, all of it matters in the full story. So I am born and raised here in Dallas, Texas, from Oak Cliff in particular. Mm -hmm. And I started off at community college. So I started off, I went to DCCCD, Mountain View College. Um, Started off there and eventually transferred over to Tarrant County College. Um, where I received, I graduated with honors and received a Phi Theta Kappa scholarship to attend the University of Texas at Arlington. So transferred over to UTA, and originally I wanted to be a nurse. It, really? You know, yes. So I, I've always, it's been in me to just serve others, and so I figured nursing is good. That's a nice and stable career. Um, and so that's where I originally uh, majored, what I originally majored in when I went to UTA. Now, did you, did you already know a nurse? So my mom is a, uh, a home health aide nurse. Okay. And so good that you brought that up. Cause that's, that's exactly what I was raised around seeing her mm-hmm. go to work. And, and she would, um, she was a nurse for, uh, for the elderly and people okay. with disabilities. And so okay. I figured, 
decided, okay, that's the route that I wanted to go. Sure. Um, but that changed as things do when you get in college and you start taking classes and realize kind of um, other areas that you might want to serve in. And so my uh, major switch to pharmaceutical sales rep. Okay. But they don't have an actual major or a program for pharmaceutical sales rep. <laughs> so I applied for the, uh, the School of Public Affairs Interdisciplinary Studies program. And it allowed me to say, okay, well, what disciplines do I need to acquire? What 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 do I need to learn that fall under the realm of, of pharmaceutical sales? So, mm -hmm. my concentration uh, was in um, biology, uh, sociology, and political science. Just because I'm just a history nerd, okay. and so <laughs> I, um, long story short, I end up graduating from UTA with a, a bachelor's of science and interdisciplinary uh, interdisciplinary studies, mouthful, um, with those focus areas. Okay. Finished school and said, okay, I don't want to do, I don't want to be a pharmaceutical sales rep, so what am I going to do? Um, and so with that, I, I, that was not the end of my journey. Um, I knew that I wanted to go to graduate school, and so mm -hmm. I applied for University of North Texas at Dallas, and in December 2018, yeah, I graduated, um, was posting all live, super excited. Um, but you had your I, entire family there. I know, there, I have my whole family. Really Y'all have no idea. Like, yeah. just to, to, to feel like I had completed my journey. Like, yeah. Um, and as I a think, first gen, it was just so important. And I, I wrapped up, I went through the public leadership program there, um, which was amazing. Seriously, changed my whole trajectory on public, uh, just public leadership and just service and what that looks like in terms of professionalizing my passion to serve. Yeah. And I think one of the things when you're going through education or you go into post studies, it is very critical that you have support. Definitely. And so, you know, to what you st stated earlier, you had your whole family mm -hmm. there. I mean, you wouldn't have been able to complete it without them, without them cheering you on, without them talking you through those yes. late nights and, you know, the paper that maybe didn't go so well or the classmate that didn't, you know, finish their assignment, yes. all of that good stuff. But that's a part of the journey. Absolutely. And so it's really great that they were right there with you. My family, my babies. Um, my husband, my five children were the sole motivation for me pushing through that extra hard curriculum just through my studies and to getting it done. So, yeah. um, and all of the things that I learned in school just have, have definitely helped me in my professional career. Soft skills, hard skills, it matters. And so I'm super excited and happy to be done with that and how, to, how I'm going to apply and use those skills yeah. in this next stage of life. So let's talk about... Currently, right now, um, what are some of the the hard lessons learned? Give us a couple of hard lessons that you've learned over this professional career. Yeah, so, you know, I feel like my background, my professional career is kind of like a unicorn, like a magical unicorn because it's, it, it is, uh, it's not so solid in terms of just like the, the, the pathway, right? Sure. So I started off as a work study when I started my career. I started off in school serving. I worked for Mountain View, uh, served there as a work study, and mm -hmm. then 
uh, while I was in undergrad at UTA, ventured into the call center environment mm -hmm. um, where I learned how to, you know, navigate different <laughs> environments, different personalities, yeah. high, high stressful, yeah. very uh, round the clock um, um, type environment and how to lead um, because that was the first position that I, I, I acquired an uh, actual supervisor a managerial role, uh, solely focused on customer, uh, cu customer service. So, um, and then from there, that's the corporate world. Um, so education, uh, work study, corporate world, transition to be a hospitality manager mm -hmm. where I worked for Starwood, um, had a progressive career there. So still corporate America, learning those, uh, again, needed skills, how to manage work teams, things of that sort. And it's funny because while I was at Starwood, one of my regular um, clients, he worked for like PricewaterhouseCoopers or something like that. And mm -hmm. um, he referred me to apply for a position. Like he ushered me into my role uh, in my transition to the nonprofit world. Okay. Where I worked for the Salvation Army. Um, and I was there for about five, five years serving in various capa uh, capacities, but mostly as a fundraiser mm -hmm. and um, board development. So I trained advisory boards and organizations on how to effectively engage with community and how to raise money um, to fulfill the mission of the Salvation Army. But all that to say, um, once I wrapped up my um, from the Salvation Army, there, I was exposed to a lot of the social issues yes. and got to see fully how the healthy eco cycle of our city is ran. Like, mm -hmm. nonprofits truly fill the gap of what the government yes. services don't um, provide. Um, they do a good job with those kind of day to day water utilities, code services, sure. things like that. And then you have your corporate corporations that bring the economic yeah, development. Economic. So I got to see the full picture of what that world looks like. And then I, I thought, you know what? <laughs> I really, local government is really where the decisions are being made. Yeah. That's where the change happens. And so um, where, you know, where le leaders are really like uh, building out our future, like on a day-to-day -day basis. And so um, I, from the Salvation Army, I ventured into government and was recruited to work for the city of DeSoto and from there, the city of Dallas. So I say all of that to say, Aaliyah, that my, my biggest takeaway thus far and where I am today is that your purpose will find you. Yeah. It really will find you. The doors, the opportunities that that just literally fell on my lap, doors that I was not even sure why they op why they were open, right. what's on the other side, <laughs> what does that look like? Yeah. But I didn't box myself in, so that mm -hmm. that's my takeaway. I tell my daughter that she's eighteen, she's kind of venturing into, you know, she's trying to figure out figure her out life, what she wants, what she to, wants do. to do. So I'm like, Kayla, yeah. don't box yourself in, baby. Like, just uh, if you uh, maintain a teachable spirit. A open heart and be willing and courageous, bold enough to go through those doors mm -hmm. as they open. Your purpose will literally find, uh, you know, fall on your lap. That's how life works and that's how it happens. And sooner, you know, you will find eventually be living fully in your purpose and your purpose and your passion and all that career, all of that will line up. And that's where I am today. Super, super grateful for the journey, but it all just, it, it made sense. It, yeah. <laughs> my life, it, like things just came together and lined yeah. up. And so, and now I'm happy to serve at the city of Dallas as a manager of community engagement. 
Well, it's certainly great to watch your um, watch your path. Obviously, I think in my shoes, I get to watch a lot of people, which is right. really kind of fun, um, just to kind of see how people are emerging, whether it's um, with uh, social service or yeah. whether it's you know mm-hmm. just within their careers. And so, tell me this. So, what tips would you offer a young leader as they are moving into their careers or, you know, rising up in their platforms. Um, What would you say to them about being able to use their voice and utilizing their voice um, as a platform in the community? Yeah, you know, I... Using your voice is something that you learn to do with Mm -hmm. every space that you occupy. Mm And so I have, even though I'm an extrovert, I'm Aquarius, I'm always, I'm out of the box. (laughs) It's in me to do that. But I had to figure out how to use my voice, Mm -hmm. when to use my voice, where, like how, how, like how to effectively use it. Cause you can be loud and not effective. So the goal is, goal is really to uh, be boisterous whenever, whenever the, whenever it's needed Mm -hmm. and also being courageous to do so when it's not the most comfortable too. So my advice would be to, you know, stay authentic to yourself in every space that you occupy, bring, bring you to that space Mm -hmm. and what that looks like and the things that you're passionate about, uh, go and advocate for those things. Be strategic about, the organizations and how you're serving and how you're using your time and the spaces that you occupy because because doing it that way you'll become more effective and so um just being um educating yourself on the issue um because that's we have a lot of misinformation and false information flowing out here but you want people to to know that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like that you're just not fluffing like it. Fluffing. So yeah. substance matters. Nobody, yeah. like we're over fluff. And it's 2020, we're over fluff. <laughs> fluff is gone. And so just, um, yeah, just, just educating yourself on the issue, being bold, being okay, being comfortable with speaking out when necessary and being very strategic about the spaces that you occupy to use your voice. Great, that's awesome. So... You know, I love the fact that um, we kind of met in this philan- mm-hmm. philanthropic world, right? We did. And obviously there's tons of missions out there that are just so worthy. But share some of the causes that, or share a cause that you're really passionate about. Um, but what ignites your heart? I, you're so right. So one of the mm-hmm. one of the organizations, and you're right in how we met. And one of the um, organizations that ignites my heart, it's two of them. Well, it's three, but uh, two that comes to mind um, in terms of nonprofit organizations Mm -hmm. that are doing very good work. One of them is the Mayor's Star Council. Mm -hmm. As an emerging leader, and I thank you for this opportunity again for just the platform because as an emerging leader, you know, we're waiting for our turn. We're, we're, you know, we're ready to get out here and serve and do good and get into leadership positions. So this matters, this opportunity matters. But the Mayor's Star Council does just that. Their mission is to equip the next generation of leaders uh, by connecting, learning, and serving their community. And so they provide us with 
opportunities for us to to gain the skills uh, and the exposure needed for us to lead in those those spaces. Mm -hmm. The second organization is um, the Heritage Giving Fund, which we're both <laughs> members of. Um, it is a giving circle. It's the first African-American giving circle in the state of Texas. And um, I'm very passionate about it because as a black woman, as a philanthropist, the Heritage Giving Circle provides an opportunity for me to kind of line up my pockets with my heart and to and to give to local grassroots organizations that are served that are doing really really good work out here uh, in Dallas uh, in the DFW area that people may not know of. So, um, and then the third third organization that I'm excited about is my organization, uh, which is uh, which is the Social Giving Experience, and um, I am very excited uh, about uh, this social enterprise that I have created, which has a very focused uh, mission, which is to increase community engagement in communities of color through the lens of education, civic education, specifically in special events to bring communities together. So what's your goal for um, the social giving experience for 2020? So for, 20, for this year, I want to launch it big, okay. boldly. I want, to, um, I want people to know the power that exists in us with bringing people together. Mm -hmm. What does that community uh, engagement look like in communities where they have traditionally not been engaged and disenfranchised? Mm -hmm. So my goal is to launch it, uh, be successful with with the storytelling on it so that okay. people can get familiar with all uh, what I do. Um, and a big piece of that is that education piece. I told you we focus on education, specifically civic education and um, special events. And that civic education piece is huge, huge. Dallas has some of the lowest voter turnout rates in the nation. And so I took something that was very passionate, that I'm very passionate about, civic engagement, civic specifically, and my organization will uh, work alongside government, schools, nonprofit organizations to really bring civic education to communities of color, areas that traditionally have not been engaged or yeah. don't just that it's not even that they don't want to engage. They just don't know how to. Sure. Who, how, how do I vote? Like, what does that look like? Um, and so I, my, I hope to, to, to really lead the way and be a trailblazer in that, in that realm of civic education. Well, I definitely know that you will be a Thank trailblazer you. and I, yeah. we look forward to watching that launch as well. I want to switch gears for a moment. Your mom of five. I am. <laughs> Hi, Kennedy, Kobe, Cameron, <laughs> Kayla, and Cash. <laughs> They'll like the shout out. They'll oh, think they're famous now. That is hilarious. <laughs> so what do you want your legacy to be for your children? Oh, my goodness. It's so much. <laughs> but in the, the realm, just be considering our time here. Um, when I think of legacy, let's first start with just the definition of legacy. So mm. when I think of that, I think of what do I want to leave my babies, my children, children? Mm -hmm. What do I want them to remember me for? Like, what what do I want to keep with them when I'm not here with them? Because, you know, even that breaks my heart to even think of. Yeah, but sure. it's true, something we have to think about. Um, so legacy, 
four things come to mind. The first one is the love of God. I, I am a Christ follower. I believe um, in in Jesus, and so I believe uh, one of the the first things that comes to my heart with what I want to live leave with my children is the love of God, and the belief, hopefully, that they also will be Christ followers and have hearts that believe in Jesus Christ and that they will accept him as their Lord and personal savior as I am. My faith is a huge, is a huge part of me. It is the substance of how I serve, how I lead, how I talk to people, how I treat people. And that, that was something that was passed down from my, from my mama, Mm -hmm. Lord rest her soul. And then my mom, that was instilled in me. And that, that is the foundation of how I live my life. And so I hope to leave that. So the love of God and hearts that believe in Christ. The second thing is uh, just loving hearts, love. I want my babies to remember my kisses. I want them to remember how I love them. I want them to remember and to know that they were loved by their mama. Mm-hmm. Hold like unlimited um, to the moon and back. I want them to remember my words of affirmation to them that I speak to them all the time. Yeah. So just the love. I, I want to leave that in them. I want to plant the, the love seed in them so hard to where not only can they receive it, mm-hmm. because not, a lot of people can't receive love or their yeah. hearts is closed to that. That's a real thing. Yeah. So is. I pray that, and my hope is that they can not only receive it, but to show it, mm-hmm. that they can go out here in the world and have hearts that are filled with love. Knowing that I leave that seed in them, then I know that they're, they'll be good. Because they'll be out here doing their thing, loving on people, (laughs) being little light bulbs in the world, and just doing good. Um, The third thing probably is is definitely family. I uh, I shared just a quick story. I'm approaching 10 years of my marriage. We'll be married for 10 years in March. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I had the worst vows ever in life. My husband, I should have went first, but he went first. And he... (laughs) pulled out this poem, this Shakespeare poem of a concrete rose out of concrete and it just <laughs> wasn't a dry eye in the audience and I'm trying to keep it together, keeping my makeup in. And then when it came down to my turn, they're like, and all I could say was, I just want to have a lot of babies. <laughs> that's literally, oh, that's no, that was hilarious. it. Drop the mic. And that, that was all I could say. Oh my goodness. And I spoke it into existence. So family is everything. Yeah, I had five cool. babies for a reason. Awesome. Their siblingship matters to yeah. me. And so I, I, I'm leaving a legacy of family. I want them to, to feel connected to family, know that mm-hmm. they have a village built in independently of the world. Yeah. Um, even though family can be blood and water, but just sure. instilling family values and importance of loving on one another and staying close and connected with your family. Um, and then the last thing will probably be um, wealth and wisdom. Okay. You know, the first three things are intangible, but we just got to keep it real. Like we, yeah. I want to leave wealth, something yeah. that, that was not left for me. Yeah. Um, my dad was murdered my freshman year in college, my first semester. Oh, I was so at Mountain sorry. I didn't realize that. Yes. Um, but thank you. He was 39. Didn't even make it to his 40th birthday. Exactly. And I would never forget (laughs) when my dad was murdered. Mm -hmm. When he was murdered, we, he had no life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. He had no life insurance policy. 
And me and my mom, we were like, my mom was like, okay, well, let's just go down to the social security office. We're going to clearly must be something, you know, something for us to still live off of. We went down there and because I had just graduated, I'm the youngest of three girls. Because I had just graduated high school in June, my dad was murdered in September. We couldn't get, we couldn't tap into his social security benefits. Mm. So they gave us a $255 check and sent us on our way. That experience, yeah. that experience, I'll never, I yeah. will never forget it. I'll never forget it in terms of setting my children up and leaving it a inheritance for them. Yes. Yeah. Because we struggled we should, hard yeah. and after I think my that, dad passed away. Yeah. Like, it was really hard. Matter of fact, I had to use my financial aid check to bury my dad, a portion of that mm-hmm. check. We had to go get special... You know, not to get too meaty, but it's the truth. It's conversations that we have to have. It's my truth. That was real. A real experience for me and something that, so we, my husband and I were relentless about, we have multiple life insurance policies and, and we want to, we, we want to leave our forever home to our children. We want them to not have to just be out here struggling with no resources, no financial resources when we leave. And then the wisdom piece, um, I'm a virtuous woman. I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. (laughs) And so, you know, my favorite, I love quotes. And I love um, just Proverbs is one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible. Proverbs 31, 26 says, you know, a a woman who speaks wisdom and uh, faithful Faithful. instruction is on her time. I love to learn. I thirst for learning. I try to learn something every single day. There isn't a day that doesn't go by that I'm reading an article, writing a book. I mean, not writing a book, reading a reading a book, just anything. Yeah. Learning through others, talking to people, just learning. I love it. I seek it more than goals, more than money, more than anything else. I seek knowledge, but that means nothing if I don't transfer it and share exactly. what I'm learning to my exactly. babies. You've heard the saying of, you know, you've never seen a hearse carry a U-Haul, yeah. right? <laughs> it's the same thing that applies. Yeah. So I'm attaining, I, you know, I have these three degrees and I'm out here learning and getting all this information. I have to pass it on. So that yeah. would be the last piece of legacy inheritance of, of knowledge that my babies can just, just, just drink from my fountain of knowledge uh, awesome. and just learn. So, yes, those, those four. That's good. Well, thank you for sharing. Of course. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for asking. So, um, and we'll get wrapped up. Yep. So what insight would you like to leave with our audience about living your best life? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How much time we have? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, living your, be- uh, living your best life. Uh, okay, living your best life is living, all caps. Okay. Living your best life. Okay. I truly feel that, you know how it is now, especially when you are ambitious out here in the world, you're just checking the boxes, so to speak. But the goal is for you to live fully, embrace every experience that you are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, go out there and fall in love. Go buy that house. Go meet a stranger. Go... Yeah. Pursue that degree. Go whatever it is that your heart desires and what what your internal, your built-in discretion, your intuition is telling you to do. Follow mm-hmm. it, and so uh, breathe. Let's let's like let's truly breathe and and live in life 
daily um, because I, I, I just believe that your best self is just bringing your full self into every experience that you have, um, watching sunsets, whatever that looks like for you, just, just embracing life as it is and recognizing that you are here today, you are alive. Yeah, a lot good. of people are not, and so just living your best life is just that living it fully um, in your truths of what yeah. you want it to be uh, and what you envision. Because thoughts become things, and words become things. So exactly, very important. Well, awesome. Well, it has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being yes. a part of our series. Um, I look forward to continuing to watch it grow. And obviously shining right here in Dallas County. So, um, Taisa Wilson, thank you so much You're for joining welcome. us. I greatly Just a appreciate pleasure. the opportunity, yes. Ellie. You are fantastic. You are blazer. <laughs> I admire you. Thank you so, so much. So very much. And I wish uh, the Aaliyah Henry show and all the goodness yeah. that's going to come from all the good this stuff. space. Yeah. Uh, well, very much so. So a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Remember, be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. See you next time.